This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Hope you had a fabulous sports weekend or as good of a sports weekend as you can have, especially when you consider that the COVID-19 numbers continue to rise. So you guys continue to be safe out there. And, you know, hopefully you'll ride through it through the holidays and we'll be okay. You know what we say. Let's go to work. We begin with the New York Jets, of course. And coming just when you thought it couldn't get bad, just when you thought that probably this was yesterday's loss was as as stomach-turning, as bad as a loss could be, even if you want them to go 0-16, you don't want them to go 0-16 and lose a game like that. And today, amazingly, (laughs) amazingly, Greg Williams was fired. And here's why I say amazingly. I hear both sides of why you would go cover zero. I mean, we discussed it yesterday on the drive. But here's the thing. And I said yesterday I would have sent rush three and dropped eight. You cannot expect your secondary, inexperienced as it was, to cover the folks that you had to defend, especially a Ruggs who was a 4 <laughs> No, that that's that's that didn't work out well. So obviously, cover zero was the wrong thing, okay. And if you don't believe me, listen to our Rex Ryan, who made it very clear that that's not the type of type of defense you run in that situation. Clearly, one of the dumbest calls of all time. <laughs> that's that's look, we we got beat on some cover zeros before. Yeah, Never, ever, ever in that situation, ever in that situation. All you got to do is make a tackle, get him off the damn field. <laughs> That's all you got to do, make one tackle and the game's over. And, and Instead, a, the only thing – and here's the funny thing. They had their playing zone, and they let a guy run right between mm-hmm. the zone too. Yeah. The, the, you the know, the play before. The, 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 of course, that was uh, Rex Ryan with our Bart and Han here on 98.7 ESPN. So that's one aspect of it. But then, you know, there were players like Marcus May who, when the call was made, were like, this can't be right. Just felt like we could have been a better call at that time in that point of the game. How tough a spot is that for Lamar Jackson to be out on an island there facing a, arguably one of the fastest players in the league? Uh, it's extremely tough. That situation just got to be in a better call. No question about that. But so we find out today <laughs> that Adam Gase, who was angry last night, and and if you listen to his post game presser what he said last night and i think it was rich samini that asked him the question or rich samini that asked him the question about did you have a discussion with uh greg williams about the call and he said yeah we talked about it afterwards and the first thing that came to my mind was the first thing that came to chris canty's mind as he shared it with michael don and pete on the michael k show today listen no explanation for it, Michael. I, I don't know what he was thinking under the circumstances, but what I don't get is that Adam Gates, with the timeout in his pocket and the headset on, he could have called timeout in that moment if he wasn't on the same page with Greg Williams. I don't understand why he wants to pass the buck in terms of overall accountability. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're the head coach. If you don't like the call going into the game, if there's some confusion or miscommunication, call timeout. Most defensive coordinators like to call timeout anyway when the offense shows you the formation just so they can get set and get their very best play for that formation. The fact that they didn't use that timeout in that circumstance made no sense to me at all. And that's the interesting thing for me. Because here's Gase saying that Greg Williams should be thrown under the bus, should be fired because he made the wrong call. What were you doing when this call was being made? You're the head coach. You're the person that has the last line of defense. You have a chance to say, no, that's not the way I want it to go and call the timeout. You, how dare you fire Greg Williams? You, whose offense managed four yards in in a half, you kept your job. So while I understand the the anger and, and I understand the situation and why Greg Williams was fired, I get it. I heard a number of people talk about it. And and obviously the play once you because here's the main reason, you clearly lost the players. Because once the players are talking right after the game, like Marcus May, about how that was a bad call. So clearly that wasn't the right call. And obviously you had to make a move there. Although I will tell you, there's only four games left. <laughs> okay. So, you know, all y'all are going. 
Like they, they're going to be cleaning the house. But how can you? Four yards of offense, which is historic. Look how bad this offense has been. Look at your record over the past two years, and you are going to fire Greg Williams? Where Did you take any blame for that at all? Or you're real good at pointing blame to other people. You're the head coach. You could have said, no, that's not the right call, because obviously you really desperately want to win because you don't want to go out as the head coach of an 0-16 football team. But nevertheless, you were able to pull this play. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I'm not happy with it. Once again, I'm not happy with it because he's the one that initiated the idea. Now, maybe some of you are going to tell me, well, it came from upstairs. You know, this wasn't. No, 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 no. He still has this power that was given to him by the folks upstairs. He's the same guy that, that maneuvered McCagnan out of here. He's the same guy that made all the moves. He's the same guy. Okay, that when you look at this team and you look at the bad plays that these players make and the mistakes that they make because they're not totally coached up and corrected to the to the degree that they need to be, this is the reason why you're in the situation that you're in. And so, yeah, I, he's got to be held accountable for this. He's the head coach. He's not the head coach of the offense. He's not the head coach of special teams. He's the head coach of the New York Jets. He's the head coach of the football team. And there was early reports that he said he was talking to somebody. Who are you talking to with the game on the line? You shouldn't be talking to anybody but Greg Williams. There's no reason for you to speak to anybody. You're trying to win a game, your first one. You talk all every time, every press conference. What do we hear you say? Oh, the players have worked hard this week. Oh, I feel really bad for them. Then help them get a win. Help them get a win. They were that was as close to a win that you have come that you have sniffed all year, and you blew it. And then you blame Greg Williams like he's the only guy that should be blamed there, where you have the final say as the head coach. 1-800-919-3776. We'll get your thoughts. Also, I want to hear from the Giant fans. I saw, I'm very impressed with this Giants team, but I'm not. I'm not. Listen, don't don't color me jumping on the bandwagon late. I told you how impressed I was about this team, even when they were losing because they were in competitive games. And I like what I see from that team. I will admit to you, I was shocked earlier today when Washington upset Pittsburgh. And, of course, we'll keep you up to date on the Monday night game right now that's on ESPN where the Bills are leading 17-10 with a little over six minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, I was a little surprised. <laughs> little surprised about that. But Washington is making a bid. And those teams going neck and neck in the NFC East, is going to be very interesting to see how that goes. If indeed Washington, who I think has the tougher schedule, is going to be able to do that. You know, earlier today, Don and Peter were talking about signature wins that for the Giants yesterday going to Seattle, beating the Seahawks with Colt McCoy as your as the backup quarterback, as the Bills have just scored again on a questionable roughing the passer call by Josh Allen. Well, I tell you, it's tough to be a defender in the National Football League right now. It, it really is. That kept that drive alive. Really tough. For for the Giants to go to Seattle and get that win, that's a big win. But you know what? Washington going into Pittsburgh to beat an undefeated Steeler team, that's a big win as well. 1-800-919-3776. Also, we want you to weigh in on our poll question. With four games left, Jet fans, which describes your feeling best? Are you rooting for 0-16? Do you want at least one win or... You're not watching anymore. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY98 underscore 7FM. Getting your thoughts on the Jets firing of Greg Williams. Getting your thoughts on the Giants. Their big win in Seattle yesterday. Also about Washington's win today. Does that, does that temper you Giant fans just a little bit? I mean, I know you have the tiebreaker against them because you've beaten them twice. But when you look at their schedule, I'll get to the calls in a second. You look at the schedule, all right, next uh, on Sunday, they've got the 49ers in, in uh, Frisco. Well, I'm sorry, in Arizona. <laughs> then the Seahawks the following Sunday, Panthers, and they finish with the Eagles in Philly. Hmm. 
And, of course, you know the Giants. They've got Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore, and they finish with Dallas. That's interesting. I I, got to tell you, Alex Smith, the injury to the rookie quarterback has really helped this team. And 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 you know you you hesitate to say that that's really cold, <laughs> you know you don't. It's not like you're rooting for an injury, right? It, it that's not the way it is. You're not you're, you're not rooting, and and that's not what I'm saying. Okay, uh, I'm not saying that that you know. Oh, great, the quarterback got hurt. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that as it turns out, the fact that um, your rookie quarterback was hurt enabled you to be able to bring Alex Smith in. And he's been just an inspiration by the fact that he was able to come back from that. Okay? And so you've got Kyle Allen who was playing okay. He made some mistakes, but he was playing okay. He had four touchdowns and one pick. He was moving the ball a little bit. He was showing some signs. And then he gets hurt. Done. And then Alex Smith comes in, and at this point, I don't see uh, Dwayne Haskins in this. Uh, he's going to be going somewhere else, I would think. I just do. I I don't think so. Uh, but but to see what you know, Alex Smith has been able to do coming back to lead this team has been impressive. And so now you've got to once again, when I say impressive, I am aware that the Giants and the and and Washington only have five wins. I'm aware of that. I got it. But in that division, whoever wins the division is going to the playoffs and will host a playoff game. That's all you need to know. Doc in Long Island. Doc, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Yes, sir. So uh, watching the game uh, with the Giants in Seattle, uh, I got to tell you, the Giants uh, defense is playing great. And I don't think you uh, or anybody talked about Pete Carroll going for it on fourth down, which was very ill-advised, and basically telling the Giants' offense that they couldn't do anything. And those guys got fired up, and football's a game of emotion. And all of a sudden, uh, Gallman and the boys started running the ball right down their throats. And I think Pete Carroll really took a very bad gamble because, uh, you know, that game was a 5 nothing game. And uh, he woke up the Lions. So the Giants came back, and uh, they really stomped them in the second half. That's number one. Number two, the Redskins, uh, I talked about this for the whole week. They're playing a team, the Steelers, who's playing on four days rest, coming off a rivalry game. Mm-hmm. I had the Redskins on the money line tonight. I thought that the Redskins would give them everything they could handle. And I don't care what these two teams' records are either. These two teams, the Giants and the Redskins, have all the momentum coming down the stretch. They're getting better every day. And Joe Judge should be a candidate for NFC Coach of the Year. I agree with that, Doc. Thanks for the phone call. I, I agree with that. I mean, what Joe Judge has been able to do with this team and how he's been able to set them straight and get them going and, and add some discipline to this to this franchise, which has been sorely missing. He, he He's brought discipline and he's brought accountability. And he's done it, ironically, in a different way. And I, I, I talked about this earlier, having covered the Jets when Eric Mangini was here. And remember talking to a former player who was in New England who came here with the Jets and said to me that, uh, that Mangini up in New England was referred to as Little Bill, meaning Little Bill Belichick. And from a knowledge standpoint point of the game, okay, uh, I learned – a lot in conversations and press conferences from Eric Mangini. Eric Mangini, from a mental standpoint, as far as knowing the game of football, was tremendous. Tremendous. Uh, he, 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 he was just incredible. His knowledge was incredible. Very impressive. Learned a lot from him. But I always felt that unfortunately for him, he could never be Eric Mangini. He was always Eric Belichick or Bill Mangini. <laughs> okay, that's how he was <laughs> to me. 
just my opinion. But you see that Joe Judge, you see, you see the Belichick traits and you see the Belichick influence, okay, but you also see that he's himself. And you look at the press conference he had last week, and you look at that press conference last week where he had lost the bet to Evan Ingram, and, uh, you know, he's wearing this floppy hat. And, you know, uh, that's, you know, that's something that, you know, Bill would have never done. And that's something that um, Mangini would never do. Ever. Ever. So he's, he, he's, he's very comfortable with being himself, and he's comfortable with, uh, you know, the way that he wants to run his football team. And once again, give him the credit as the head coach. But also, honorable mention, Jason Garrett and his staff on how they're handling the offense and Patrick Graham and his staff on how they're handling the defense. And they are doing defensively. This team is disciplined. The rush lanes seem to be very impressive. Okay? They're, 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 I mean, Leonard Williams and, and members of the, other, of the front four are running stunts. They're doing a great job. Their game plan yesterday in containing Russell Wilson was outstanding. Russell couldn't figure out what they would what they had and when he had time when he had time to try to figure it out the secondary played well and he had little issues with coverage and he had some drops and when he didn't he was constantly uh pressured and he did not always make the best decisions and when he tried to spin up there was always a defender there so many times when you look at how rushers uh screw up with, with quarterbacks who are mobile, it's because they don't have the discipline in their lanes. And, and Greg Butler has talked about this a lot. And that's the key thing. You have to have discipline so that you keep the quarterback from running outside. And so that's basically what the Giants were able to do yesterday. They kept Russell Wilson from running outside. He was almost kept in a pocket, a mythical pocket, and they kept him at bay. So listen, you you got to give the Giant defense a lot of credit because while the Giant offense was trying to get going, that defense kept that game close. If there had been another touchdown, if there could have been a touchdown or more from Seattle early before the Giant defense, Giant offense got on track, it might have been a different story in Seattle yesterday. But Doug does make a great point uh, about how, you know, that fourth down, and I just think Carroll was showing – I don't know that Carroll was trying to have was disrespecting the Giants' uh, defense. I think what he was saying is we need to get our offense going here because I don't want this to be a real close game coming down the stretch. Jack is in Hackensack. Hey, Jack, you're next on 98.7. Larry, uh, pleasure to talk to you. I love your show. I work at Englewood Hospital. My way home every night, I listen to you. Thanks, but anyway, to 44 you. consecutive years as a Jet season ticket holder. Mm-hmm. The Johnson brothers had actually moved my seats down to the first row at the 20-yard line, which I love them for doing it. But I'm running out of time. I I need to see some wins. Yeah. You know, let's play devil's advocate. I agree with everything you said, what Canty said, what Rex said. But let's just say they sat Carr on that last play. Don't you think they would have took Williams in the defense to task for blowing the Trevor Lawrence pick? I think we, he would have got hit either way. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but here, here's the thing, and and it's 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 you're looking at it, and rightly so, Jack, from a fan standpoint. Yeah, his job is to win the game. His job is not to help you guys out. <laughs> this is a team. <laughs> this is a team, Jack, that needs a win. He's not going to be here next no. year to enjoy the fruit of the labors of of Trevor Lawrence or whoever or Fields or whoever ends up being the quarterback. Right. Because listen, you know the Jets. They might come find a way to win the next three games and mess up the first the two. Well, games. let's. Yeah, I'm. Ho- <laughs> hey, Dabo Sweeney might come with the quarterback, so we get a double headed. This way, he's not going to stay in college. Yeah, you make a good point, Jack. Thanks for the phone call and keep listening. All right, my take- friend. Um, you know, so so that's the scenario there. But see, his job, the, the coach's job is to win the game. These players are working hard. These players are not going out there tanking intentionally. <laughs> They're not. Despite the fact that the Twitter feed yesterday for the Jets was incredible. I mean, <laughs> even today, fans are like, how are you firing this guy? He's 
he, he's helping us be 0-16 so we can get the number one pick. What are you doing? That's not his job. His job is to win games. Gase's job is to win games. I know you're like Larry. Gase is 7-21 in a year and a half. Why am I worried about him winning games now? I want him to keep losing. I know. I got it. But that's not his job. And if he is really trying to save his job, he's got to try and win games. Even of these next four, he's got to do his best. Because for him and for this team, he owes them the opportunity to try, even though we could question whether he's done it before, he owes them the opportunity to try and get a win. This team, no player on this team wants to be associated with the rest of their career, their life, with saying, yeah, I was on that winless jet team when we was on 16. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Nobody. On Monday Night Football, 26 seconds left before we head to the fourth quarter. Bills with a 27-17 lead over Frisco as um, Frisco giving Buffalo all they can handle uh, in this game tonight. And You know, when you consider how undermanned this uh, 49ers team has been with injuries and all this other stuff, I mean, it's just, it's, they're in, they're still in it. They've got, they've got a, you know, they've got a, they put some wins together. They could make some folks nervous, you know, and I understand the West. I get it. But there's an extra playoff spot out there because we know there's no wild card coming from the East <laughs> in the NFC. We know that's the case. We definitely know about that. So they've got a shot. They continue to play well. Moe's in Queens. Hey, Mo, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Uncle Levy. How's everything, man? Everything's good, man. What's up? Uh, a couple things. Uh, to answer your poll, I feel like it was a win-win situation for the Jets, even though mm-hmm. we didn't win, if that makes any sense. I mean, Sam Darnold showed like to still be a starting quarterback in the league. And uh, 0-16, actually, you know, I really love that. Uh, we want Trevor Lawrence, and I feel like if we can't, if we end up winning one game, I feel like we should stick with Sam and trade that second pick. I don't believe in fields. I know uh, I didn't see that much of him in college and still am seeing enough of him, but I just feel like Sam is a really good quarterback, at least starting quarterback, and he just needs the right head coach. Uh, obviously, Adam Gates is not it. It makes no sense that Greg Williams got fired yesterday. Do I agree with him getting fired? Sure, you know, why not? But you, he can't get fired for a bad decision. You know, Adam Gates made so many of those. So to, to fire him off one for an 0-16 team, I mean, Larry, if they were a playoff team, I understand why you fired him right there. But they're 0-16, you know. Why not just keep on pushing it hard, even though if that play didn't make sense? And then, uh, honestly, I mean, you took my shine with Adam Gates, you know. I'm a Jets fan, you know, I'm a Jets fan. I'm an old be a Jets fan, but, man, this guy, uh, Joe Judge, man, this guy is really amazing. I mean, just that one thing with the bet with Ingram and wearing Ole Miss gear after he loses it. Yeah, he has that hard nose to be a coach like Belichick, but he has that lovable spot that, obviously, we're seeing in the, in the press conferences and all the things he's doing right. Larry, I'm going to hang up and listen. Have a good night. All right, Mo, thanks for checking in. And, and look, I think when you look at this firing, and I heard it from, and I don't remember who said it. It might have been, it was either Jeff Saturday or Ryan Clark on NFL Rewind this afternoon. But I th- and I agree with them. And and he, one of them said, this smacks of a personal nature. Okay, and we know that earlier in the season, when Greg Williams made the comments, kind of inferred that the Jets' problems was the offense, not so much the defense, uh, we knew that he and Adam Gase had to sit down then. So um, so you, had, you knew that uh, everything wasn't really great <laughs> between the two of them. But listen, that doesn't mean that you can't work together just because you have a disagreement and you understand what Greg Williams, you know, the, the attitude and the ego that he came in with you know, and the reputation that he has of being, you know, a a decent, pretty good defensive coordinator. Now, there's no question that he had a bad call on on that play. That's not the call you would run on that play. Um, And that's not a second guess. That's a first guess. Because, what I mean, you look at it. You Jet fans who watch this team, when does the blitz ever get there? (laughs) The blitz never gets there. Never does. It just doesn't. So, you know, in that situation, you knew that that wasn't going to be the way it would go. So that's the situation there. 
Uh, so I, I just, I just found it unique and ironic, and it really sets the Jets up for an interesting conversation here as to why they would move on from Greg Williams before the season ended, but not do the same for their head coach before the season ended. You know, that, that, that's a question that you have to look at now and you have to wonder why, why would you, you know, why would you leave him in? And I understand that, you know, contracts and he's got X amount of years left on his deal and whatnot, but you know, still, I'm just, uh, this, this, it's a little weird. And, and can you imagine Greg Williams company, Adam Gase telling Greg Williams, you're fired. And Gase is like, you're firing? <laughs> you haven't won the game this year and you're firing? Wow. That's rich. Bruce is in Flushing. Hey, Bruce, you're next on 98.7. Hey, I have a few giant points if I can. Mm-hmm. Number one, did you notice those big runs that they were running yesterday was off left tackle? Yes. Whatever problems Thomas had at the beginning of the season, I guess they're, they're coaching him up rather well now. And that's good to see because you know the kid had promise. You knew that that's what – and he had some – and you know what? And and uh, Makai Becton had some issues yesterday too. And the biggest adjustment for them, Bruce, is those really speedy rushers that come up. You don't see a lot of those guys in college. <laughs> Cause you, and if you do, you see one every once in a while. You don't see them often. And I think that's the trouble that causes your, you know, trouble with your footwork and situations like that. Plus, I just think that this Giants offense as a offensive line as a whole has grown and they're really starting to feel each other being on the same chemistry. They they know where other other person is to block. There's just there's there, there's a camaraderie and a chemistry there that that offensive line is building. And let's face it, Bruce, that's what we talk a lot about the defense, and rightfully so. But to play the offensive line and this giant team running the football, other than Daniel Jones being the leading quarterback, this team leading, run, leading rusher at quarterback, this team now starting to run the ball. Come on, Bruce, I don't have to tell you. That's Giants football. Yes. A couple other points, if I can. Um, what was the, the, the biggest problems over the last couple of years in this giant team? Besides the, the culture of this team, was that we receivers we running through the secondary, twenty-five yards, thirty yards open. There was always open on crossing patterns, and on defense, if 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 it was third and six, whatever, whenever the, the, the person catching the ball, they would have room to run and and always usually made the first down. Now. Those guys are not open 25 yards in the secondary as the last couple of years. Now, when 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 the quarterback throws the ball, instead of the guy having running room and and making the first down, he's tackled almost immediately. Yeah, there may be occasional time when a guy's open a little bit or whatever, but not those gaping open holes you saw over the years in the secondary. And the Giants rallied to the ball, which they never did the last couple of years. And that's what... This this coach is 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 bringing to this team, tightening um, that defense and and making sure if you want to get a yard, you're going to have to earn it. No yards after the catch. They 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 tackle. They try to bring you down right away. They do a nice job. And the other thing they're doing, Bruce, and that's part of it. It's part of why they're doing this. They're starting to get off the field on third down a bit more often, and that's the other thing. They're not on the field for long drives the way they were in previous years. And one last point, mm-hmm. Williams. If he wants, he's probably going to want a big contract. I think if you're the Giants, you have to give it to him because he's the best player on this team at the moment. And some people may say, well, he's in this contract year, and once you give him the big contract, he's not going to be the same player. No, I think this kid's turned the corner. Uh, if you listen to, to Joe Judge, they love this kid. They think he's a great teammate. They think they make his other teammates better. But if, if you're running the Giants, do you re-sign him under any condition, any condition, whatever it has to take to get this kid to re-sign? That's an interesting question, Bruce. Uh, thanks for the phone call. I, under any condition scares me, but I will definitely agree with you that they should consider re-signing him uh, because he fits well in their system. 
He's got eight and a half sacks, which is a career high for him. And this is the best he's looked. He looked, he showed you some signs with the Jets when he was a Pro Bowl alternate in the, for the AFC, but he was not consistently effective the way he's been with this Giants team this year. And he's and he has been, you know, we talked about, and a couple of people talked about how he was, you know, the Jets always had him as a tackle and they never moved him outside. And I said that because part of the reason while he was there, his tenure was Muhammad Wilkerson was there than Sheldon Richardson. But the other side of it is he's still making, he's still bull rushing folks from the tackle position with the Giants. And I think what Patrick Graham and his staff have done is they've, a, coached him up, and they've, they've found a way for him to improve his leverage and his hands are better as far as shedding the, the blocker than they were when he was with the Jets. And so that's the issue that you have is that he is a better coached player now. And so that's why you are getting uh, the results of the player that you're seeing right now because of the fact that they've invested in him and they've coached him up. And let's face it, he is performing very, very well for this Giants team. He, um, he he's he's been a he's 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 really turned his career around. There's, there's no question about it. He's done a tremendous job uh, with this Giants front. Getting your thoughts on the Jets and Giants. Next hour, we'll turn our attention to something I saw that 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 <laughs> I was shocked. My mouth dropped open. It's about the Knicks. It's about a player on the Knicks. I was, and and I'm torn because I'm not sure whether it's really happening or whether it's encouragement to try to keep this player going. I'll explain it next hour here along with top stories on 98.7 ESPN. Our poll question that you can weigh in on right now. At Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. With four games left, which best describes your feeling as a Jets fan? Rooting for 0-16, want at least one win, or don't watch anymore? Here's some uh, early responses. Uh, at Frankie Papa says, just want to see some positive things from the young guys. And um, at Frankie Papa, I think you did. I think you saw some positivity from the running backs. You saw Johnson and Adams give you something. And, and once again, as I mentioned about the injuries in, in Washington, uh, you know, with, with Allen going down, and then that opened up the door for Alex Smith to come back. Um, and that put them on the, on the track where they're, you know, putting some wins together now. You didn't want to see um, Frank Gore suffer concussion. You you don't want to see that. But it but because of that, it did give you the opportunity to see the running backs, the young running backs, and what they were able to do behind the offensive line that that can run block pretty well. Because we saw, did you imagine that was the first time that the Jets had a hundred yard rusher in a game in almost two years? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Next, we'll see a 100-yard day from a tight end. I know, I'm just joking. Uh, add Don Trey on me, 60695. 0-16, what other option could you pick? Better quarterback, Gase left out of the league, bunch of jokers if you want to see a pointless win. And I hear what you're saying, but I just think there are some folks, some fans who don't want that label of rooting for a team that went winless over a season. There are some fans who are that way. I understand the bigger idea is to go on 16, but let's, let's, let's play hypothetical for a moment. Let's play hypothetical. Most most jet fans complain about the fact that this team does nothing when it comes to trying to uh, coach up their team trying to make their team better, taking talent. First of all, they don't know how to pick talent. And then when they pick talent, they don't do a good job on coaching that talent up and continuing that talent, helping that talent get better. Okay? So think of it this way. You go 0 and 16. And you think that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the answer. 
you know, and, and let's let's face it, there's more than just quarterback that's got to be fixed on this team. <laughs> okay, it's more just quarterback. As you can see, you need some more experience in your secondary. You need some wide receivers. You need pass rushers. There, there's a lot of things that you need on this football team. But hypothetically, most of you think that, listen, if we get Trevor Lawrence, we could figure the rest of it out. At least we got a quarterback. As uh, the 49ers just scored a touchdown, it's now 34-23, 7 5 left in the game, point after pending. So suppose you go 0-16, and Trevor Lawrence in three years is Sam Darnold. And you're looking at, can we go 0-16 again? I just... I mean, are you sure that's what you want? As a Jet fan, I, I, you know, so that's that's the other way of looking at it. And so that's why I'm just putting out there because there are some folks. Listen, the majority of the folks are going to answer that question the way the poll is going. All right. And that the poll is overwhelmingly 68. If we round it up, 69 percent of you are rooting for 0-16. Uh, 17% of you aren't watching anymore, and 15% of you want at least one win. And it's just funny. There's some people who are like, I just, I don't want to be that team. It's bad enough that we're, it's bad enough that we're looked at as the laughing stock of the National Football League in a lot of situations because of how things run, because of our coaching, because of our record, because of the time it's been since we won a Super Bowl. There's a lot, there's, there's a lot of weight and being a Jet fan, it's a lot of weight, <laughs> a lot of weight there. And so, you know, I was just just curious to see how you folks think about that. Would And I hear you, one win is not going to change a thing. It feels the way it is, it's not going to change. But I was just curious because there's, there's some folks I've spoken with who say, you know what, please, I don't want to be one of those teams that's 0-16. I'll take a win because I know that Jacksonville is going to get another win <laughs> because we're worse than they are. And so for you, we're 0-16. The game went perfect for you yesterday. If you're rooting for 0-16, that went perfect. You saw a game where your team was in the game. Your team was entertaining. They trailed, but they came back. And they lost at the end. <laughs> so you're good. <laughs> you are good. After further review, they've taken the touchdown off the board, so it's still 34-17. This third and goal for the Niners. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, Uncle Larry? How you doing, big brother? I'm great, partner. How are you? I'm good, man. Let me tell you a funny story. You know, I, you know, every day after I get off work, I stop. You know, I stop my mom, check on mom, make sure she's good and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I come in the house today. I'm like, hey, mom, what's up? What you want for dinner? She's like, oh, no, I got dinner already. She said, I just want to ask you something. She's like, hey. What's going on with with the Jets? She's like, she's like, your team is just like really bad. I was like, you know, my, I really didn't want to talk about it. She's like, this, she said, just explain something to me though. She said, so the, and my mother knows nothing about football mm-hmm. except for when I used to play in high school. She's come to the game. She's like, look, um, I don't understand. So they fired the um, the assistant guy, but they kept the guy who's in charge, and they're zero and twelve. She's like, what kind of sense does that make? <laughs> And I'm like, Mom, please stop. I, I really don't want to talk about this. You know, and then I'm just sitting here and I'm listening all day. I'm listening to how uh, Greg Williams, what he did was 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 horrible. And and then I'm saying, like, I'm wondering, like, who fired Greg Williams? Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe Douglas can't pick the coach. So Adam Gage has the power to fire somebody. He's not going to be here in a little while. I mean, the whole thing is really just a putrid mess. And with the, with the poll question, Listen, man, like, I loved this team for years, man. I mean, for years. And I just woke up, and I just got tired. You know what I mean? I just got tired. Mm-hmm. Like, the team is supposed sports is supposed to be something that takes you away from the monotony of life. It's not mm-hmm. supposed to be something like where you're, like, you turn the game and your stomach is hurting. I, I, I just, I've left them alone. I haven't watched, really, like, a game. I, I mean, I've watched the ends of games. I've watched some highlights. Because, you know, it's your team. You know, you, you, you still want to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like with Joe Douglas, the thing that, that, that bothers me about him, I have to be honest, mm-hmm. the picks that he made, the draft picks, they haven't been bad. Mm-hmm. They haven't been bad. His free agency signing, you know, leaves a lot to be desired. Yep. But what troubles me is we all know what the Jets' problem is. It's not him. It's not Gase. It's 
not Donald. It's not whoever they'll get for quarterback next year. You have an ownership group that this is a money grab for them. They're not really that concerned with winning. If they were, they wouldn't do the stupid stuff that they do. So no matter who you get to come in here, and just like Joe Douglas, this is what concerns me. Like Joe Douglas is not some unintelligent guy. He, and he's been in an organization before where they won. Mm-hmm. So when he took this job and he had to be convinced and all of that other stuff, that's what concerns me. I mean, what is his real motive? I mean, look, you know what? I'm going to get paid here. I got a six million dollar, a six year deal. And then Adam Gase. Like, we all know Adam Gase is not a leader. He's not a, 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 a guy who commands a room or commands respect. So Joe Douglas, this guy is your friend. You see, these are the things that vex me. This guy is your friend. It says, like, like I told you before, my pops used to say all the time, it says a lot about a person with the people that they hang around with. Yeah. You knew yeah. this guy was, was a weird guy. You knew he was a weird guy. Mm-hmm. You took this position here because, like, they gave you, what, what do you call it? They gave him an offer he couldn't refuse, mm-hmm. which just perpetuates what's going on here year after year after year. You got ownership who's not that serious about winning, don't know how to win. I mean, Woody Johnson was was much better than his brother. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, he, he, he wasn't somebody that you would look and say, look, this is going to be uh, the owner of the year in, in, in terms of football. It, it's very, very frustrating. And I'll just go back to what my mom said. I mean, and, you know, she's cracking jokes and all that. You know, she's poking fun at me. I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. mom, stop, man. Like, I really don't need this right now. I just got off of work. It's <laughs> a long day. Are you sitting here laughing about this stuff? This mm-hmm. is sad, man. Is. What quarterback or, or which coach? See, this is the part that really, you know, I, I, everybody like, I want this guy. I want that guy. What would you come to this foolishness for? For what reason? The people are going to be so sick when that kid Trevor Lawrence says, I'm not coming in. You mm-hmm. know he's going to do it, Larry. Mm-hmm. You know he's going to do it. Yeah. That's funny. And it, it's funny, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. And and it's look, it's that it's a real possibility. A that he will say I could go back to school. But the other thing is, because this is more important, really, than who's going to be the quarterback. And and we think that Trevor Lawrence is the end all be all, and he could be a help to help you get in the right direction. But ladies and gentlemen, it's about the coach. And if you don't think coaching matters, look at the other football team in this town. And I'm not ready to go as far as my colleague Michael Kay to say that Joe Judge is headed for Canton. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. You can see the difference in this Giants football team and the Giants football team from Shermer and McAdoo. This is closer to a Coughlin team and the Parcells team than it is to any of those guys. And that's the difference you see. Monday night edition of the show. Thanks for stopping by at 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter at Hardish the ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Our poll question tonight, very simple. With four games left, which best describes your feeling as a Jets fan? Are you rooting for 0-16? You won at least one win or you don't really watch anymore? Hmm. 1-800-919-3776. Also, before we get to top stories, there was an article today in the Daily News. This is what I was alluding to earlier. And listen to this quote from Knicks head coach Tom Thibodeau. Quote, I hope he can sustain that over a long period of time. That's one quote. Next, quote, looking at the shots that he has taken last year, the ones that he took, which I would quantify as good shots, he made those. When takes good shots, he's going to make them. He's put a lot of time into his shooting. I think he's gotten stronger, but he's got to continue to work. And if he does, he will be fine. This person says that this player is playing well including showing some signs on defense. He's talking about Kevin Knox. What? Larry, I have to stop you. Stop. Really? No, He's stop. talking about Kevin Knox? No, Larry. Larry he's we, talking about Kevin Knox. We did a lot of Nick games together after, you know, we were basically the drive for the Knicks games, right? And yes. then we had on the drive with, no, I can't yes. see that. Yes, he is. 
No. He says, yeah. He says that Kevin Knox impressed in his first two days of training camp. And played defense? And played defense. Oh, get out of here. So I'm trying to figure out, Brian, and everybody at 1-800-919-3776, is this him trying to give more confidence to the young man who obviously – whose confidence obviously waned last year by the way he played and he shot he shot 36% last year 36 and remember this is his third season he's 21 he's 21 i know it seems like you've been here i know he seems like he's been here forever <laughs> at least 5 or 7 <laughs> but he's only been here a couple of years 3 years and he's 21 so i guess cuz i just spent this last hour telling you what coaching means, right? And looking at Joe Judge, what is Thibodeau is Thibodeau and this staff is Thibodeau and this staff. The reason why there is a change is, is being reunited with his coach from Kentucky. Is that being, is that meaning that there is a change in this young man? Or is it just like, these are new people. I need to show what I can do or all the above. Is this a scenario where accountability, holding people accountable? Because we know Thibodeau's strong on defense. We know that Mike Woodson, who's on that staff, is strong on defense. And here's the other thing that's really clear, that because you have a young group of players, you can play that game. And it's very simple. You don't play defense, you're not getting on the floor. And believe me, oh, Tom Thibodeau is that guy. <laughs> Tom Thibodeau is that guy. So what do you think about what Thibodeau says? Is he just trying to encourage the young kid or is Knox trying to really work hard? 1-800-919-3776. Of course, we'll continue to take your Jet and Giant phone calls. But now, let's go, Brian. Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. Of course, we begin with the Jets, who officially fired Greg Williams and named Frank Bush, who was the linebackers coach, the interim defensive coordinator. The decision came the morning after Williams called an ill-fated all-out blitz that resulted in a 31-28 loss to the Raiders. Jets named assistant coach inside linebackers coach, as I mentioned, Frank Bush as the interim defensive coordinator. Adam Gase talks about and answers the question, so... Who made the decision to fire Greg Williams? Who made the decision? And the follow is, did you agree with his decision last night on the, the blitz call at the end of the game and how much factored into that call factored into your decision? I obviously wasn't happy about that call. That was a heartbreaking way for our guys to, to lose a game. So for that to happen in that situation, it's just we can't have that happen. He later added that he spoke to some of his guys. Okay. Sam Darnold was on the Michael K show and gave his reaction to Williams being told bye-bye. I haven't, I haven't talked to anyone about, you know, why or anything like that, but, um, you know, I was just with a few teammates when I heard the news and, um, you know, we were in shock. Uh, just, I mean, again, like you've mentioned, it's a business. And so, um, you know, things like that, especially when you don't win and, um, you know, things like that in a business tend to happen. And, you know, um, that's unfortunate, but at the same time, uh, you know, we're just going to continue to to come in every single day and um, continue to work and get better. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. 13 seconds left. You remember, Williams took that unnecessary gamble, leaving rookie corner Lamar Jackson in man-to-man coverage against Henry Ruggs III, who burned him 46-yard game-winning touchdown. Lamar Jackson, what happened? We in hand zero, so zero coverage. Of course, you know I got I got my man. I knew I knew the situation. I knew it was one of them things where it's going to be taking a shot at the end zone. Initially, you know I kind of I just was getting back, getting back, getting back. Like you know zero coverage, just you know protect protect end zone. You know what's important. So I kind of just getting depth. You know the receiver gave me a little uh, nice little double move head fake. You know I kind of I kind of related to it. And of course, you know he's a fast guy. He's able to get a step in, and that was that. I mean it's tough, you know, but. I mean, it's all learning experiences. You know, I can only get better from here. I just, I see it is. I just know what not to do next time. He took it well. He was, he was, he spoke very well in a game that was very painful for him. See, he did a nice job. All right, Marcus May, uh, was that the best call that you could get? 
Just felt like we could have been a better call at that time in that point of the game. How tough a spot is that for Lamar Jackson to be out on an island there facing a, arguably one of the fastest players in the league? Uh, it's extremely tough. That situation just got to be in a better call. So are you saying coaching lets you down, Marcus? Being aggressive. I mean, we all know what how that works out. We know the type of coaching staff we have. We know the type of coaching that we have is aggressive. But at this time, you know, there's always things that you could always do better, I feel like. So you know what? I'm going to take you back. Eight weeks ago, Giants lost 37-34 in Dallas to fall to 0-5. Looked like a lost season, right? Even in the wasteland that was the NFC East. But according to Joe Judge, that's not how he saw it. In his post-game press conference, he said, with no resignation, all that really matters, to be honest with you, is the progress that we're making right now. The record will come in time. Obviously, we're not happy about the losses. That's not what we do here. But I've seen a lot of progress on all fronts and units. So now the Giants took over first place in the NFC East without Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones with a win in Seattle. They've won four straight. And people are actually starting to think, you know, that they may not want to play the Giants in January. Like Steve Young on the Michael K show. Yeah, I, no one thought they could go across the country and do that. But we have talked about the substantive nature of the Giants from this new coach. We saw it from the very beginning of the season. You could see that there was a plan. They were going to be a tough out generally. They were going to get better and better. It's a classic to me. The Giants have been struggling in their own identity for a while. The Giants were always the most substantive offensive and defensive organization. You know, as far as offensive line, defensive lines, you know, built from within, stability around management, stability about coach and general manager and ownership. That's the Giants. And it feels like this move for the first time time in a few that they've got that feeling back like we're building from within we're going to be very stable stable we're going to build uh, on the field offensive defensive line and work outward we're going to play solid smart football we might not have the best talent might not have the best but we're going to that's who they it seems like that's what was obvious early in the season and now you're seeing the kind of fruits of it like i don't want to overstate it but it it just feels good it feels mm. giants like mm, it does Running the football and tough defense. That is Giants football. Hey, Rex, what do you think about this Giants defense? Their defense is playing really good, and they deserve that. I mean, that really is a playoff caliber defense. They're playing great. And I know statistically they're not in the top ten yet, but they're they're well on their way. And I really like the way that front uh, four is playing, especially Big Cat Williams. That, that, that one right there, this is the guy, Leonard Williams, this is the guy that the Jets thought they were getting. And he's playing like that with the Giants. Yeah, he's really playing well. That's Top Stories. Thank you, Brian. This is ESPN New York Tonight.